You're listening to the Foundation Podcast. This is The Chase, bringing you everything you need to know about policies affecting you, your family, and your community. I'm Andrew Brown. And I'm James Quintero. Thank you for tuning in to the Foundation Podcast. You're listening to The Chase. My name is Andrew Brown. I am here, as always, with James Quintero, my partner in crime. But before I talk to you, James, producer Crystal, I want us to get a audio drop of that scene from Braveheart where Mel Gibson screams freedom while he's being disemboweled. I feel like it's really appropriate for what's going on today. And That actually could work. No one's getting disemboweled though, right? I don't think, I feel like I've been disemboweled for the last year by local government. Freedom! Touche. Boom! Ooh, we're spicy today. Uh, But the reason why we are excited is not just because it is Texas Independence Day, but we had an announcement from the governor that we'll dive into a little bit later, signaling that Texas is opening back up after a year of COVID-related lockdowns. It's hard to believe, James, that it's already been a year since we were told that we had 14 days to flatten the curve. We've endured a lot together over the last decade. Um, what are some of the big lessons that you've learned or, I don't know, favorite memories? Um, oh, my the goodness. There year? are so many. Uh, you know, it has been one year in Earth time, but uh, in my brain, it's been at least 175 years. I feel like I have aged at least a century and a half. Um, and, and part of the reason for that is that we've been governed by tiny tyrants uh, for the last 12 months. And it's not to say that everything that has been done at the local level has been bad or silly or egregious, but my goodness, a lot has. <laughs> and so I wanted to take the listeners through just a few examples that came to mind uh, of local governments acting in a completely irrational manner. And this is perhaps my favorite one. I'm going to start off with the city of Austin because. All things kooky start off in the city of Austin in April 2020. So about one year ago today, my beloved city announced that it was going to turn the hike and bike trails here in town into one way trails. That's right. If you were caught going against the grain, you were going to be in big trouble for violating social distancing guidelines. And by the way, that uh, in April 2020, there were some uh, some rather big fines being threatened at the time, so uh, you better go one way or else. Now, in addition to this one-way craziness... I'm just speechless all- about the one way. I don't even know what to do with that. <laughs> How would I even know? Did they paint lines? <laughs> well, I assume they had big government enforcers out there with uh, big sticks chiding people as they ran by. Wonderful but, use of resources. So, so down in Harris County, things were equally funny. Uh, in April of 2020, the Harris County Commissioner's Court issued an executive order requiring people to wash their hands before they left their homes. Now, I have no idea how folks were going to enforce that, but but I do find it pretty funny that that was put on paper and actually passed as a local law. Wasn't there uh, an old, like, 
far side cartoon. If you remember the far side where the guy's walking out of the bathroom and there's this huge alarm sign above the door. That's just like flashing. Didn't wash hands. Didn't wash hands. Were they going to install those over people's houses? Don't give them any ideas. Oh, <laughs> like, like that's a good one. And then this one just kind of hit me a little funny. It isn't quite as silly as the other two, but, but in July of 2020, the city of Austin, again, um, it decided that it would be a good time in the middle of a an absolute economic mess and rampant joblessness to threaten people with a $2,000 fine for not wearing masks. Uh, again, people didn't have money or jobs, and so I'm not real sure how they thought folks were going to pay a, an obscenely excessive fine like that. But uh, leave it to my beloved city of Austin to come up with something as as nonsensical as a $2,000 fine for not wearing a mask. I mean, there was an absolute tsunami of silliness that came down from the local levels and we're making light of it right now, but a lot of this really impacted people in significant ways. And, you know, we've all always heard about the rise in mental health struggles because of isolation um, in the area that I focus on in child welfare, not to bring us down, but there were some really serious things that happened in the lives of kids because of all of these lockdowns. Um, you know, kids who are in foster care lost contact with their families. We know from developmental research that even when a child's in foster care, one of the best things for that child's development and stability is to maintain in-person contact with their family. And children throughout the state and throughout the country were denied that. Um, kids who were on the verge of going home stayed in foster care for months longer than they needed to because the state and courts across um, in various counties just canceled hearings or postponed hearings where they could make a decision to send a child home. And instead, that child just stayed in foster care indefinitely. And that has a negative impact. We know that the longer a child stays in foster care, the worse their outcomes are developmentally. So yes, there were a lot of silly decisions being made that inconvenienced us in various ways that were frustrating. But we also need to remember that a lot of these decisions that were made, especially in the early days of the pandemic, had long-term negative impacts on people in our communities and we need to recognize that the step toward lifting a lot of these restrictions in a very real ways is life-saving uh, for a lot of people in our communities. And so that's part of the reason why there's a little bit of a celebratory tone uh, to our podcast today is because people who are in real need and people who are at real risk now have an opportunity to come out from under those things that are putting them at risk. Um, now, that's going to require personal responsibility from all of us. I think fundamentally as conservatives, we believe that personal responsibility is key to overcoming major challenges like the COVID pandemic. Um, I know, you know my family, we have various health needs um, and we were a lot more stringent than a lot of others, James probably than your family, but that was a decision we made for ourselves. It wasn't a decision that was imposed upon us by government. And it was a decision that we were making before restrictions came down. 
Uh, so this move back toward the emphasis on personal responsibility, I think, is a good thing. Producer Crystal, I'm not real sure, but I think Andrew just called uh, me and my family reckless. But setting that aside, I think Andrew, you're right. Part of your charm, man. <laughs> I, I love your reckless. <laughs> So, but I, I think you're getting to something that, that was at the crux of the problem here. And it's this government knows best mentality where you have these diktats being issued by uh, local government officials who, you know, are, are doing some things that uh, perhaps aren't based in science or perhaps are reactionary, uh, whatever they may be, they, they have these unintended consequences like, you know, perpetuating mental health challenges in the form of isolationism and whatnot that really cause all sorts of other issues. And so the fact that we're beginning to transition back to something that uh, can be called normal is really encouraging in my mind because we've been stuck in the rut for a long time. And it's, it's, it's good to see Texas getting back to being Texas. Absolutely. And the... Scholars at Oxford University actually just released a study looking at how strict states were with their lockdowns. And number one, the most free state was South Dakota. The least free states, according to Oxford University, were New York and Hawaii. Texas ranked just below the median, number 30, the 30th most free, least free state as a result of COVID lockdown. So bottom half. And I think a lot of that was driven by some of these outlandish decisions that were made at the local level that um, it seems like we're moving away from based on the press conference today. Well, is it bad of me to think that Hawaii, even with all of those harsh restrictions, would still be a kind of a cool place to go to? I'm still tempted, at least. Oh, Maybe yeah. that's just me. No, <laughs> so, I would. You can social distance on a surfboard. You know, I'm sure there's plenty of private beaches that you can find. I'll social distance in Hawaii. But but all joking aside, you know, it is really it is somewhat discouraging to see Texas rank so poorly on Oxford's list. Um, I, I personally think we could do a much better job. I attribute the bulk of the problems in that list to the local government level again. We've been ruled over by tiny tyrants who have absolutely been chomping at the bit for more power and more authority over our daily lives. And it's only because I think, um, you know, we have statewide elected officials who, um, you know, have certain uh, have a certain ethos that we've been able to resist the temptation to just absolutely hand over the keys of the kingdom to these local government officials. And so, um, you know, that, again, I think it's at the local level where we've seen the bulk of the problem. Yeah. And I kind of think we need to pitch for our fundraising team, tiny tyrant bobbleheads that we can sell on the website. I feel like that would be a crowd pleaser. Uh, well, And let me just punctuate that point really quickly. You know, up in Tarrant County, we had a county judge who, in the very early days of the disaster, decided to issue an executive order giving county officials the ability to commandeer private property. Now, I have no idea where that thought came into his mind from, but but it was very quickly 
kind of swept under the rug just a few weeks after he issued that executive order. And, and effectively, everyone said, what the heck are you doing? He rescinded the order and issued a new one. So, you know, it took him a, a few weeks to recognize that that was a poor choice. But that's kind of the flavor of public policy at the local level that we've seen manifest over the last year. And, and, and again, I think it has a, a major contribution to that 30th ranking on Oxford's list. No, I think you're right. Um, so today, the governor's press conference indicated that we're moving toward 100% open in Texas. James, Hallelujah. for our deep dive segment, I have a text message from a listener. And this listener is not your mother. So we now know <laughs> that we have at least two listeners to the Chase podcast. What does the governor's order mean for our daily lives? Transform government and tell the people, what does this mean for them when they wake up tomorrow? Well, I'm absolutely ecstatic to hear that we've doubled our listenership. Beyond that, though, what the governor's order means is that starting next Wednesday, all businesses of any type can fully reopen. There are no more occupancy limits that that are imposed by the state. We are going to allow our businesses to fully reopen. So that is clearly good news. Some good news. That's right. Not only that, but individuals are no longer required by the state to wear a face mask. We can all go outside and burn our masks together. Now, that's Got my not lighter ready. Let's do this. <laughs> Hang on. Before you do that, I just want to make sure you know that businesses can require masks on their own. So, If you're a customer and you want to uh, go out there and frequent a particular business, just know that that business has the ability to require face masks of you. It's just not required by the government. Um, And I think that's I think that's the right strategy. Honest to goodness, I miss looking at people and seeing their smiles. It sounds silly, but I really miss seeing their smiles and facial reactions. Freedom! So... It's going to be weird. It's definitely going to be strange, but. Now that we've gotten all touchy-feely, let's get back to the heart, cold heart I'm not facts. used to you being sentimental. <laughs> so, so for, for the average person, I think you're going to, you're going to uh, see a lot more businesses reopen and you're no longer going to be required to wear a face mask. For uh, those of you who are interested in the local government angle, this is also good news. Uh, the governor's new executive order basically defangs local governments. It no longer allows them to jail people for COVID-related violations. That is clearly a step in the right direction, again, because there are some very silly and also onerous things being imposed upon the public. So uh, good job on the governor's part. Now, the order still does leave some flexibility for local governments when things get to emergency levels as far as hospitalizations go. James, can you unpack that a little bit? Because they're not completely neutered. That's right. So in the case of a COVID spike, what the governor's done is he's allowed county judges to act in certain ways where there are high hospitalization rates. And so specifically, if if there is a county judge in any one of the the, uh, 22 hospital regions that see an increase in their hospitalization rate above 15% for seven consecutive days, 
then the county judge in that area can can take steps to mitigate the increase. Now, you know, I, I, I think I think, you know, that is a prudent move. Um, it's to be seen how some of these local jurisdictions interpret that that language, if at all. Right. I mean, 15 percent is a relatively high threshold. It's going to have to be a serious spike in the number of covid cases. Um, but it does, you're right, it does afford local governments the ability to act in the case of severe emergencies. And, you know, I'm old enough to remember when this pandemic got started. I seem to remember that that was the justification from the very beginning, the very common sense notion of we need to make sure that we have adequate capacity to treat those who are in dire need of medical care and making sure that we have the hospital beds and the ability to provide those services to them, which was, you know, the logic behind some of the social distancing recommendations and the mask recommendations before everything went off the rails to silly town. No, you're absolutely right. It was all about protecting that hospital capacity. Now for those, uh, for those who may be worried about the governor's rationale behind issuing this executive order, let me, let me comfort you with a few facts that he put forward during his announcement. The first is that the state is administering almost 1 million vaccine shots per week. And by the end of March, every senior who wants a vaccine should be able to get one. In addition to that, Texas has a surplus of PPE. So we're better prepared to meet any future emergencies. And perhaps most comforting of all, hospitalizations are at their lowest level in four months. So we've done a good job managing the crisis to the point where we can now take our foot off the gas and let people be a little bit more free and take on a little bit more personal responsibility. And I think that's ultimately the message is this only works with personal responsibility. There's nothing that government can do. There's a lot that they can try. There's a lot that they have tried. But when push comes to shove, there's nothing that the government can really do. It all comes down to the decisions that each one of us make individually and within our families and our communities based on our own personal risk assessments and our care for one another. Um, I personally... I like that we're going back to this emphasis on personal responsibility. I think it's fundamental to freedom is exercising that responsibility. So while things are opening up and while we are getting back to a greater level of freedom in the community, the one thing that we always need to remember is watch out for one another take care of your family, take care of your friends and those in your communities who may be more vulnerable. But ultimately that is your choice, your decision, and it's not something that the government can or should impose upon you. Well, that's absolutely right. You know, uh, freedom entails responsibility. Um, And, you know, we live in a system, fortunately, where government is not going to take you is not going to take care of you from cradle to grave nor should it it is incumbent upon the individual to not only take care of themselves but those around them um and and, you know going back hearkening back to our last episode i think that i think the community and individuals have done a fantastic job of showing initiative 
and stepping up to the plate when they're required to do so. Uh, and of course, I'm talking about uh, uh, Snowmageddon 2021 and how, uh, how there were just n- innumerable instances of people stepping up and helping their fellow man. Absolutely. And I think that is ultimately where we want to leave things is stepping up and helping our fellow men. So be excellent to each other. As the philosopher once said, this has been The Chase.